ho, Merry Christmas! It's time to venture into the Filmverse, a movie fan podcast where we dive into the vast expanses of cinema and report our findings. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And I'm Bryce Payne. And this is my lovely guest. I'm Jada, his wife. Hi, Jada. And today... So awkward. <laughs> and today, on the 15th episode of Into the Filmverse, we will be discussing Shaun of the Dead, our holiday watching traditions, and various content we watch throughout the week. If you want to see our reviews for the films we talk about today, or get our thoughts on other movies, be sure to join us on Letterboxd, the social network for film lovers. You can find Bryce Payne at... Payne Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. And me, Mitchell Chandler, at Mitch Reviews, and Mitch is spelled with a Y. And where can we find you, uh, Jada? Peacock1717. Peacock1717, awesome. Before we dive into our weekly movie watches, we're going to go off the top with some recent movie news. So, our um, Mandalorian escapades have almost come to an end. Today, we talk about the Season 2 finale of The Mandalorian. So, if you don't want to know any spoilers, uh, skip ahead five minutes, starting now. Luke Skywalker. How to get it's that first. so <laughs> fucking good, though. It was. Jada, did you like Luke Skywalker? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. That is awesome. I mean, what, hey, before we get into the Luke Skywalker stuff, what did you guys think about the rest of the episode? Uh, I mean, Boba could have done more. What did he do? He just dropped them off and left. Yeah, he's done this entire season since he showed up, besides that one episode. He was badass in one time, and then he just left. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, I'm the pilot now. Just him being there is badass. That is very true. And then we we got that post credit scene with him being the, the book of Boba Fett. I'm so hyped for that show. There's a lot of, like, uh, for some reason, people thought that was going to be a different show. But not that that's about this one. Um, But it's not going to be a different show. It's actually one thing. Um, What... I was excited. I thought it was cool that it was Luke. Like I thought, I thought it was cool to see him like slashing down fools, but I wasn't too excited to see him because I wanted to see somebody new. But I do understand why it was like they he was there, and I get like it worked with canon. But yeah, it makes total sense because if you think about it, this is the time frame where he's like, "I'm a Jedi Master. I'm gonna bring back the Order." So it only makes sense to me that he'd be the one to find Grogu. Yeah, I definitely agree. Jada, did you like that it was like Skywalker? Would you have? prefer to somebody else or did, did it matter to you much no nah, luke was fun <laughs> that makes sense i mean i i can't complain just because he, he looked be, like just cool going down the hallway and just crashing fools i mean of course they were robots he didn't actually murder anybody so <laughs> <laughs> i'm just excited because it's like a period of luke's life that was never explored in canon yeah exactly and that's why i think it was cool they kind of like made up for the shitty sequels yes <laughs> Not fully, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, not fully, but they gave us a brief moment, kind of what they did with uh, Vader in Rogue One. What did you Wait. think about the uh, yeah, right. about Din versus Gideon? Oh, I was actually like, very happy with that. He 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 put up a little bit of a fight, but honestly, Mando is higher higher of a uh, battle action star. That's a word uh, for that situation. I just love the fact that you got the dark saber, and then Bogotan's like. Wait, hold the fuck Dude, up. Wait. <laughs> I love that scene. I think that was my favorite scene out of everything, which is kind of funny considering that Luke was there. But then, you know, he's like, here, have the saber. And she's like, no, no, no I don't fucking want it. <laughs> Grandma Gideon was like, yeah, he can't. She can't take it, dumbass. And he's like, why not? He's like, combat. He's like, I don't give up. Fuck it. Take she's it. He's like, I got to <laughs> fucking kill you. For that. And he's like, but I, I don't want it. Just take it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> Season three. <laughs> Dude, I would be so excited if they, they explored that. But I really don't think I bet by like episode three of next season i would almost like even bet money episode two that grogu's back with mando oh yeah i i have a theory about this mm-hmm. luke's already been okay so i told i told you about this i texted you about this luke has been shown to be fearful of like dark side sure 
And first off, Grogu was at Coruscant during Order 66. Like, he was there when Anakin... Like, when Anakin was killing everybody, he was in that temple. He was. He was present. Yep. And now Luke's gonna be like, yeah, let's see what's going on with this little dude. And he, first off, Grogu has attachments to Din. Right. So, no, like, of course. already there, that, that's, took his off. that's a huge, like, Which is dumb, but... thing for a Jedi is, like, to have attachments. Secondly, he he's, like, full of fear and anger. Right. Like... When did you be like you yeah, exactly. know, order destroyed and then like left alone for twenty years and or not yeah about yeah twenty thirty twenty years yeah I think it's like twenty eight at the time but yeah like being alone for twenty eight years your whole whole order's destroyed everything's gone and then it's just like Luke Skywalker's like what's up and he's like I know your dad dad I was your dad dick. boy <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> Jada what was anything that stood out to you this episode um all I can really think about is. Grogu's probably not going to be in season three. Yeah, it's uh, I I just think it's weird. It would be weird for them not to, but I really can see them not doing it. Just can I ha- have uh, Din or just Mando? I have like yeah. a calm. character development. Yeah, have season. some character development. We need Mando character development. It'd be cool if they brought in something else to make another household name like Baby Yoda. Wouldn't that be crazy if they did something like that? <laughs> they just bring in like Ezra. They're like Ezra's here now, and you're like fucking cool, awesome <laughs> Jedi. That'd be kind of no, cool. Nobody knew we're just gonna have Ezra come into canon. <laughs> Um, I want to mention Rebels. that I did not like his him taking off his helmet this episode because he did it last episode, and that one actually had meaning. This one was just him taking it off just to have a moment with Baby Yoda. Okay, but he's like, yo, man, I love you, and he really, like strokes his face. Like, I know, it was cute, but at like, the same my time. bro, and he's like, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> it was cute, but I was also like, bro, this is just like lame because last episode you took your helmet off. Now it doesn't seem like a big deal anymore. He's growing as a character. I don't. So many tears. So many tears. Exactly. Ah, do you think he's gonna take it off more next season? Oh yeah, he's like he's having a struggle with that code now. I know, and I don't. I don't know if I don't like it or not. But introducing other Mandalorians that take off their helmets really like butchers. He's just his like hmm, point of view. And I could take off my helmet. All right, fuck it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I really like this episode. I'm excited for season three. Me too. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for joining us as we talked Mandalorian season two finale. Spoilers. Unfortunately, we have to wait a whole year until we watch get some more Mandalorian and Boba Fett ne- uh, next year. But um, it's in okay. Weeks, January, One Division. I'm so oh. excited, dude. <laughs> exactly. We get we'll have One Division. We get to talk about so. Um, and For six weeks, and then March happens, and then yeah, we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Soldier. <laughs> exactly. So we have quite a bit of content to talk, to talk about. A lot of Disney Plus shows. Um, so that won't be going away anytime soon. Um, so next up, we have to talk about, um, the stimulus package that's coming. I know it seems like a weird topic to talk about since we're talking about movies. However, with this stimulus package, they actually are giving movie theaters or more accurately entertain live entertainment slash, um, entertainment centers, uh, a stimulus from that stimulus package, $15 billion. I was going to be like, here's five bucks. Good luck. (laughs) So it's not for Hollywood. It's actually for the movie theaters themselves. Because it's like businesses that were affected by something that they couldn't control. So they're getting like uh, a good portion of that to be able to help. Well, if it ever happens, because. Uh, Santa Mark's like, please, uh, please, may I have some, some more? more. <laughs> exactly. A- yeah, AMC is definitely. The AMC said that they just didn't get a certain amount by January. I think it was like 300 million, then they'd be shutting their doors. Oh, no, not AMC. <laughs> not that I know AMC isn't a huge. I mean, I know AMC isn't huge where we they are. Can't, they can't even get good seats. <laughs> right. I know. It, yeah, definitely. I mean, in our area, it's not the greatest, but uh, it is the number one movie theater in the world. Like it is most locations. And, and um, I don't know why Cinemark is way better. 
Well, I, I know, but the maybe, thing from, maybe like in fucking like I said, like our, California or something like that, Cinemark's the trash one, and AMC is like the golden prince. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like <laughs> our our area. I know for sure we you know Cinemark's the better one, but uh, AMC is is pretty good in other places I've heard. Um, so that's just cool. I just wanted to throw in that quick there. Um, I guess there's some speculation on whether or not our president is going to veto that bill or not. I just heard about that today, but he's like, I guess we'll find out. He's like, no. I know I'm president. You know, get Bill. <laughs> like, fuck do <laughs> Jada, how do you feel about um, just like the movie theater situation in general? Just how it. I'm sad. <laughs> I want to go to the theater. I know, me too. But I mean, hopefully, there's someone at the end of the tunnel tunnel of uh, being able to get out there eventually. Uh, so HBO Max. Um, oh, so you know the whole thing with Warner Brothers and HBO Max on basically. Warner Brothers said they're going to release their entire slate of 2020 movies on same-day release on HBO Max, as well as in theaters. And there's a lot of people that are happy with that. In particular... I'm happy with it. The movie theaters. Okay, I know as a consumer we should be happy with it. <laughs> but my main thing is, like, a, the majority of Hollywood is not okay with it, from the actors to the to the people that paid for the movies, like Legendary Pictures, um, to even the theaters, who it takes away their cut of, of how much money they can make. And they said that they're actually going to threaten to make less money for like themselves. They're going to cut the theater ticket prices for those movies. I'm good with that too. That helps me. Fuck it. I know. I know. I mean, as a consumer, all this sounds like great on your side, but I it's great in the short term, but not great in the long term, because it helps you. It helps us now, but it doesn't create good scenarios for the movie theaters' longevity in the future. Um, but uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. It's just like huh, you you going to release it say it day and day. Then all right, we'll just. You make no money. You come see this movie for three bucks. You make Deal less money. Like, <laughs> exactly. I think what their kind of thing is that yeah, well, yeah, we'll lose money right now, but you'll lose even more money. So, like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the, another thing with Legendary Pictures is a uh, one of the companies that put up a bunch of money for some of these stu- uh, projects that they're putting straight to st- streaming and in, in theaters at the same time. One of those is Dune. Uh, the new I'm super high for Dune. Timothy Chalamet. Ala Duvernay. Is that your say her name? Uh, film. Timothy Chalamet. I don't know. I think that was the director. Um, but uh, they are suing Warner Brothers, and I think they're gonna get Dune to stay in theaters and not go to the streaming. I'm good with whatever. I'll watch it no matter what. I'm just more. It's more convenient just to be listening at home. Sure, I know. I definitely understand that. And uh, if theaters are open, obviously the reason they want to do that is for you know to make the most money can be, because they're talking about just with Dune alone, if it to release day and day streaming, they're estimating losing one. I mean, this is if theaters are all open, everything's back to quote unquote normal. To like lose one billion dollars, and they're like, yeah, we're not having that. We're not losing $1 billion on this, on this project. But it also depends on how many people are feeling comfortable enough to go to theaters. Right, no, exactly. And uh, they have this scheduled for next October, so they're hoping by then. I'm guessing which one, I'm guessing April, honestly. Yeah, I think, I think when, by I next think October. I think when things are going to start leveling out. As long as the trajectory goes with the vaccine and everything, I think I think by next October, I think 75 to 90% of the movie theater audience will be back. I'm hyped. Me too. Me too. Um, we I know there are a, a few things I missed. I don't know if you you have something. I, I remember one MGM Studios it was up for sale right now for five point something billion dollars. Really? Oh, oh billion! Jesus. Okay. I think you said <laughs> you're million. Like, you're like that's not that much. You're like no billion. I thought you thought you said million. I'm like oh actually it's not that bad. You said billion. I'm like oh Jesus. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, five billion. So that's about five Avengers movies. I'm actually really. I'm. I was like, I wonder who's gonna buy that. You're like some billionaires mm. out there. Like I can own a movie studio. Let's buy a movie studio. Let's do it. 
I offered. Mitchell said he'd only give us three dollars fifty cents. That's rude. No, no, I was. I said. I said I give him three fifty. It's <laughs> three dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, I know, but it's but it's funny when you say three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah, three fifty. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's weird. Um, I because who? What is it? What kind of projects does MGM have? Pretty sure they have James Bond. I want to say James Bond. Yeah. Um, cool. They also. I think they have. MGM, what the fuck? MGM I has don't, a lot of musicals. I'll tell you right now, I doubt that Disney's going to because they already have so many. They just bought Fox. Disney's just movie. like, I could have another. <laughs> Please, I may have some more. <laughs> and then they're, uh, I think they announced today that Furiosa is having a 2023 release date, which is a Mad Max prequel. Set to star uh, Anya Taylor. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy, who also just played in Queen's Gambit. And she was in she was uh, also New, Mutants. New Mutants as uh, Magic. Cool man. I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Fury Road, so I don't know. Like Fury Road's pretty good, man. I was like, I don't know if I should be like, yeah, or if I should be like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I knew they were already going to do this movie, but they hadn't set a release date because I, I think it had a release date at one point, but then the pandemic, obviously. COVID. COVID, exactly. So cool. Um, I guess I'll wait three years or two years. I guess we have a bunch of projects coming out. I'm good. I know. Waiting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, the one thing about this news that I didn't quite realize and wrap my head around is that Anya Taylor Joy is going to be in it, and I hadn't had much experience with her prior to this year and watching new mutants and which well, she was like okay in it but it was just really that movie was, she was one of the better people correct and then watching queen's gambit after that i'm like okay i'm, I'm down for whatever she has next you're like i stand <laughs> yeah she was she was great in uh, queen's gambit um pretty, it's a pretty tame week for me news watch tomorrow. yeah it, it's not. tomorrow they're gonna drop everything we yeah we always do that it's like we do the show and then it's like tomorrow there's all the news <laughs> like Cool, did you see this? You're like, fuck. <laughs> well, with the most recent movie news, dissected, wow, and spun into a dutiful discussion, we venture onto some of our weekly movie watches. Bryce, I know you got a chance to watch a few uh, movies this week. Um, you and Jada actually got to watch The Breakfast Club. We did. She had never seen it, so I was like, you've never seen The Breakfast Club? Like, you got to watch The Breakfast Club. So we watched that Criterion copy you gave me for um, Christmas. Merry Christmas. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know not much happens in that movie? Yeah, the the fist bump. That's pretty much what happens. Dude, all they do is yell at each other the entire film. <laughs> 12 Angry Men with teenagers. But Jada, since this was your first time and I grew up with it, so I feel kind of biased. What did you think? I thought it was pretty great. That's your commentary? Well, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really great. Well, do, you have, do you have a favorite character? Um, I like the blonde boy. I forget his name. Brian. Brian. Is that the nerd kid? Yeah. Yeah, so me and my family call my brother that because he looks exactly like my brother. <laughs> That's okay. So we were watching it, and like I was dressed like flannels and you know that kind of punk-ass shit when I was in high school. Yeah. And so Jada looked at me. We were watching it. And she's like, did you dress the way you did in high school because of Bender? And I was like... <laughs> Well, shit, maybe. I don't know. Like, so, mm, subconsciously, I was just like, yeah, that's what I want to be. I'm just glad you didn't act like Bender. Like that's a true. dick? <laughs> like a dick. He's like, I, I don't know. Sometimes you are. <laughs> let, me, let me be under some girl hiding me in their desk and try to eat her out with a fucking principal or whatever's in there. Let me bite them panties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always been a... I mean, I watched the fan of The Breakfast Club. I don't know. It's been a minute, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, it was an 80s movie uh, as in its own right. Now, on the topic of, like, the Breakfast Club, did you know that there was a group of teen actors during the 80s called the Brat Club, the Brat Pack? That sounds very familiar. It's, like, a bunch of actors from, like, the Breakfast Club and other places. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Johnny Depp is, like, an honorary member of the Brat Pack, but he's not an official member of the Brat Pack. Weird. 
But uh, we watched another movie from that Brat Pack thing. What was that? The Outsiders. Oh, yeah, yeah I think that sounds Which, I've never it, seen that, but. It, it was okay. It's about greasers on the run. It's where the phrase uh, stay golden Pony Boy is. Oh, okay. Or stay gold Pony yeah. Boy. I heard that It before. was, um, I had one scene from that movie I remember growing up, so that's why I wanted to watch it. And we were watching it. I was like, man, this movie kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> it blows. Was it a sci-fi movie? No, it's like a greaser film. Oh, thing, you just said that, but thing. for some reason, outside of something. It had a really good cast, though, dude. Like the uh, the kid from the original Karate Kids in it. I can't remember. His Ralph name. Macchio. How do you not remember his name? It's been a minute since I've seen Karate Kid. I don't yeah, know. but that's you need to know now Ralph, Ralph Macchio's name. Uh, Emilio Estevez is in it because he's in like every fucking thing in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You don't know who that is, do you? Sure. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> that, that's Charlie Sheen's older brother. Weird. Why do they have different names? You don't know who Charlie Sheen is? No, I said, why do they have different names? I didn't say why. Oh, because Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen changed his name because his other name was like Hispanic as fuck. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. We should embrace our differences. But it was it was okay. It had um God, what's that guy? What's that guy's name? Who's from Roadhouse? Mm, I don't know. I don't know either. But he's like a big name. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Jada, what did you think about the Outsiders? I thought it was very, very, very slow. I looked at her and I was like, yeah, we got 40 minutes of this. She's like, 40 fucking minutes? It's only an hour and a half long movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. I yeah, definitely they're... enjoyed The Breakfast Club way better. Exactly. Yeah, The Breakfast Club moves pretty quick, even despite it's just people yelling at each other. Yeah, it's literally just people in a room being like, fuck you. They're like, no, fuck you, man. I'm a jock. I'll kill you. He's like, fucking try it, bitch. Like, we're all just people. <laughs> yeah, all and right. Then, and then you had the, uh, God, I can't remember her name, the... Uh, the goth girl or whatever, the basket case. She's like right. sitting in the back, like making sandwiches and shit. She's like, ah, taking everyone's shit. And then they're just yelling at each other. The whole movie's just yelling. But it's a solid film. I mean, I enjoy it. I don't know why it's so good. It shouldn't be as good as it is. Yeah. And the principal is just like not even in there. He's just like, oh, good fuck. The goth girl's commentary is solid. She just slaps her face on the desk constantly. <laughs> the, uh, accurate, 2020. She like, she like just steals everything from everybody in that movie. She'll be, the people will be yelling at the scene, scene and you'll see her in the background just like, I'm going to take that and like puts it away. And you're like, what the fuck? Mine. <laughs> you know, I thought she would use like, I think she stole a knife. I thought she was going to use it later, but she never did. Yeah, she just took shit to take shit. Or <laughs> like, it's mine now. Thank you. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> and then I watched the movie. Jada didn't watch this with me, but I watched it because it was the it is the second shortest Best Picture nominee ever. What's that? The Oxbow Incident. Ooh, what's this about? It is a 1940s film. I don't remember what year it's in, but it's in the 40s. It stars uh, our good guy, Henry Fonda, from 12 Angry Men. Oh, okay. So I really like him. I didn't know he was in this movie. I literally only watched it because it was only like 92 minutes long. And I was like, that's sh-. Or no, it's like 76 minutes long. It's only 76 minutes long. And I was like, ooh, that's short. I'll watch that. And I was like, Henry Fonda, what the fuck? <laughs> when did you come in here? Um, I, won't, I won't get into too much because I think it's one that you should watch because it's really good. It's a Western. Okay. But um, it stars the it has these two cowboys. Henry Fonda is one of them. Goes to town. He's in a bar. And then he uh, they learn that a guy, a rancher, has gotten murdered. Murder. And so the town forms Peter, an illegal Peter. posse to go lynch the people that murdered him. All right. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a basis it's, for a film. It's okay. No, it's really cool, man. Like they get, they find that these three guys and they're like, yeah, these ones did. That guy has like his cattle and the guy's like, I bought them. And they're like, where's your bill of sale? They're like, I don't have one. They're like, oh yeah, well he doesn't sell his cattle. So you fucking killed him. <laughs> and so it's, it's a lot of like, I was uh, like last 20 minutes I was sitting there. I was like, did they like the fuck is last circumstantial evidence. A lot of like who did it kind of thing. And the ending is really satisfying, and it was really good. Hmm. But it's one of those things that I feel like you should, like, experience. Yeah, it's one of those things that got to feel, like, Cresha. Oh, wait, no, I don't know what year this came out. It came out in 1943. 
it lost Best Picture to Casablanca. I've never seen Casablanca, so. Yeah, you did. It's that one where Jesse was like, this is the best scene in the movie. No, no, no I didn't get to see that you one. You were there that that's, night? That's before I started coming. It, it, oh, it might be. But yeah, I was yeah, I think that, was like the, that was the one before I started coming. But yeah, I mean, I was drunk as shit when we watched Casablanca, and I hated that movie. So I was like, "Why the fuck did this one? Did this not win? Like, this is so much better. It's only seventy six minutes long. This is great." And then Jesse was just in there the whole movie, going like, "This is the best scene of the movie. This is the best scene of the movie. This is the best scene of the movie." I was like, "Fuck! They can't open the best scene of the movie." <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I definitely wasn't there, but that sounds like an event. Um, so that yeah, I will definitely uh, be interested in checking that out. Maybe I ordered it. The Oxbow Incident? I ordered it because you can watch it for free on YouTube, but I, I liked it enough where I was like, I need to buy this. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. We could definitely watch that sometime together. I'll make it as one of my picks. I'll just randomly be like, we're watching it. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> one year later. Hey, watching this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. It's it 76 minutes long. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, So I didn't really, honestly, I've been really busy and I just haven't had a chance to watch anything this week, which is crazy for me, but. You're being an adult. Uh, so I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> you 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 found a new place, so you've been busy. I did, yeah. I've been in the process of moving and trying to, amongst other things, I was trying to platinum Ghost of Tsushima. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I was like, why did you been talking to me? Send screenshot of fucking Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Like, that's very adult worthy. <laughs> and just yeah, finish platinum Ghost of Tsushima. That's, like, that's my adult. I was adult like over here trying to give you like praise, like yeah, you've been doing good. You're like yeah, I just platinumed a video game. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I try to do some things. I don't know, um, but I want. I did but, want to mention one the, thing um, because just because I'm. I mean, I love talking about this guy, and also this made me cry. And I think it's almost just like movie worthy talking in general. Um, John Krasinski with his some good news just put out a new episode, and I swear I called. I cried like three times. Um, I am unaware of this. Have you never seen an episode of SGN? I don't know what that is. Okay, well, you know John Krasinski, right? The guy that made A Quiet Place, the guy the that office. was Jim Office, right? Exactly. He, um, about, like, middle of this year, when the pandemic was happening, he, well, obviously it's still happening, but just when it first started, he recognized that there's a lot of negativity in the world, and so he came out with this thing called SGN. It's some good news. It's basically his own, like, basically he's just in a chair, and he has this sign behind him that says SGN, and he just reports a bunch of good news, and then does something nice for somebody at the end of it. Where's my nice thing? Where's my nice thing? It's watching SGN. <laughs> uh, trust me, dude. Like, like faith in humanity is restored every time I watch this. I watch him do this, and he come, and he did about seven episodes like a few weeks ago, like one every week. So like for like seven weeks, I was just like pure happiness, <laughs> and like we can, I was like every week I just look forward to SGN, and uh, this week he did another one. So I'll, I'll have to show you once we get off because it's just it's just pure happiness. I'm a little mad at John Krasinski, though. Why? Because he's not cast as uh, Mr. Where the fuck is Quiet Place Part 2? Um, Probably coming in next year sometime. Supposed to come here in March. He could have waited till after it came out to cancel everything. Dude, I had my... Actually, speaking of that, I had my tickets to that movie, and that weekend was when everything got canceled. I know. That's why I'm like, he could have waited like another four fucking days. It would have been fine. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least... I mean, I, res- I mean, I respect trying to get ahead of everything, but... Yeah, he was the first. That was the first major Man. downfall. That's when like you saw that. You were like... Okay, well, maybe everything else will be fine. Maybe, and it was just like every single movie after Quiet Place was just like boom, 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 down, gone. And you're sitting there, it's like he could have waited like four more days. Just let me watch one more movie. Just, just, just yeah. My last movie so in theaters so was fucking onward. Like you could have given me Quiet Place Part Two. Same. Well, with that down, let's move on to our film verse feature. Each week, we pick a movie that we want the other person to see. 
And this week, Bryce plucked from the webs of cinema, Shaun of the Dead. One of my first movies I ever bought from my collection, actually. Wow. Um, Sean, which is Simon Pegg, is a 30-something loser with a dull, easy existence. When he's not working at the electronics store, he lives with his slovenly best friend, Ed, played by Nick Frost, in a small flat on the outskirts of London. The only unpredictable event, or sorry, element in his life is his girlfriend, Liz, who wishes desperately for Sean to grow up and be a man. When the town is inexplicably overrun by with zombies, Sean must rise to the occasion and protect both Liz and his mother from the zombies. Um... Bryce. No, don't ask me about my opinion. I've seen this like I know. 10 times. I it's your turn, turn, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's always my first thing just to go to Bryce. But, you're, like, um, you're like, Bryce, how'd you think about your movie? I'm like, no, no, I'm biased as fuck. I want to know your opinion. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a very respectable movie. Um, a lot of kind of like sh- like uh, uh, eye-rolling and struggleable cliches. Um, but That's what makes it so good. <laughs> right, exactly. But at the same time, I know they probably did it on a purpose. And it's Simon Pegg, so he's fun to always watch. Um, I, for a rating, I would probably give this a three and a half. That's solid. That's a solid rating for this. I think it's definitely like out of the three Cornetto films. This will probably be my last place. I love the film, but I, I'd rather watch Hot Fuzz or The World's End any day. It's a it's a trip for me. Uh, the more I, th- I can't know if I would rather watch The World's End because I haven't seen Hot Fuzz yet. But The World's End or this one, I can't figure it out only because The World's End almost makes me mad a little bit. You like spent half the movie or like. Yeah, you know, this is Bar Harbor film, and it was just like, bam, aliens. You're like, the fuck? And I was like, yeah. Because knowing in, knowing in it's aliens, I would need to like watch it again knowing that to, to see if it gets better for me. Because the first time, I was just like, it was just like someone smacked me in the face. And I was like, this is not okay. And it took me a second to get behind it, and it sort of like rubbed me the wrong way. But with this one, I knew it was a zombie movie, and the zombie was going to show up. So I was like, I was excited for the zo- first zombie to show up. And then the fact that he walks outside is just completely oblivious to all the zombies. I was like... This is perfect. This is comedy gold. It's because everyone was already zombies. No, I know. I just thought it was hilarious how he just... I, I get it. I get why he was doing it. I'm just saying that I thought it was hilarious. Um, Can you guess what the budget for that film was? Um, let's see. Uh, 100 million? Higher. Okay, obviously. Uh, 150. $4 million. Well, you said higher. I said 100 million. Did you? I thought you said just a million. No, no, I said a hundred million. Oh yeah, no, the budget was only four million dollars. Damn, Simon Pegg did not get paid for that movie. I'm so poor guy. <laughs> okay, but you gotta think Edgar Wright did this too. Like, guy who made Baby Drivers and Ronnie directed this. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. Yeah, he did better at Baby Driver. Not gonna lie, but um, this one, I think he just grew up a little bit. Probably so not grew up, but uh, did you uh, did you believe in uh, Sean and Ed's friendship? Oh, one hundred percent. You know why? Why? They're yeah. actual friends. They're actually best friends okay. in real life. They sense. live together and everything. That's beautiful. <laughs> I like that. Their connection in all the films is always solid. It is exactly. And I, I looked at they Bryce. Do, they do have a new show on Amazon Prime. Really? And it's where they're hunting ghosts. Like, uh, Nick Frost plays a ghost hunter, and Sean's like, guy who's just like, they're trying to be like, fuck, because <laughs> it's all bullshit. Well, I don't know if I'm invested that much into their friendship that I would go out and watch a ghost hunting show. A fake ghost hunting show, but I do, uh, I definitely appreciate it in Son of the Dead. I'm reading trivia on IMDb right now, and it's just kind of whack. You know, every time somebody died in that uh, movie, all I could think about was Zombieland. Just double tap. Just double tap. Come on. Just do it. It's rule like, number like, 34. I can't right. let him kill my mom. And then he has to kill his mom anyways. I'm like, okay, bro, really? Don't fucking kill my mom. You're a piece of shit. No, you're a piece of shit. Mom. <laughs> 
did you know that uh, when when um, Sean is in the shop when he's getting like the whole like oh I owe you fifteen p or whatever you know like was, yeah. the the uh, the radio is like going like the news radio and it's like a guy talking a foreign language mm-hmm. that's straight up being like zombie apocalypse kind of stuff and he's just cause he just can't understand it because it's a different language oh my god <laughs> oh yeah because of it because the other guy was a different a different that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I definitely like the, awesome. the layers. I mean, it was it was simple, but also effective, and like they had some layers in there that it just felt like genuine. Quentin Tarantino has this in his top twenty films made since nineteen ninety two. I mean, I definitely see it. See, the thing is, is it's so straightforward and like so self. I mean, it's so straightforward, but yet just so genius. It just it's from that, I and mean, it's weird. It because most some you can do a film like this and it just be blah, but it's not. I just I respect this movie so much because it's just like it's not as funny to me anymore because it's just like I've seen it so many times. It's just, just fun like, to watch still. It's so fun for me to watch. It's like to me, it's like Deadpool. It's like once you get all the jokes, like it's not even fun. It's like not as funny. Like the opening scene of Deadpool where they do all like the the credits, whatever. Like the ass hats that made this. You're like, haha. But it's still it's still funny to watch though. Now here is a thing they say about the Cornetto thing. As this is the first part of the unofficial Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, the red wrapper strawberry flavor makes its appearance in this film. Right. According to Edgar Wright, Red represents the blood in zombies, which is the main motif of this movie. For Wright's other movies in the trilogy, Hot Fuzz, 2007, it was blue and vanilla flavor representing the police. Because it's a police officer in this really, like, rural town and not being, like, he's really stuck up in British. I'm going to make you watch that one day. It's really good. Oh, yeah, I definitely want to. And in World's End, it is green and peppermint with chip, representing science fiction and extraterrestrial elements. I don't even remember the Cornetto in in the World's End. It's just like a rapper flying through a fence. Oh my god! I oh, see that, that's a, that's a cool thing that I would like to see. It's weird that he just named it the Cornetto trilogy. You know that last flavor sounds really good. It actually really does. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, I really I really love this film. It's it used to be one of my favorite films, but now as I watched more, it's not as high up there. But I really I really appreciate it, and I really I'm really happy I got to share this with you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, and now it is time for me to share my next film feature. I wonder feature. what this could be. <laughs> but I do actually I do want to ask before I jump into that. I do want to ask Jada, what did you? I mean, I knew you've seen the World's End a few times. I, Bryce said that you've seen it quite a bit actually. Um, did you, what did, like uh, did you like it more? Same anything? Yes, I honestly think that the world's end is better than Shaun of the dead in my opinion <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely like both um but hot fuzz is superior to both i don't even care yeah i'm excited to watch hot fuzz now just because i mean I can now if anything just looking run out around out the cornetto trilogy the twist in that movie is fucking so solid <laughs> you know i i i mean i forget that there's a twist in almost every, actually, I guess technically every movie, but this wasn't like a, this twist wasn't like it needs to be obvious. That the world's end was like, yo, everything's <laughs> supposed to be shocking, right? Exactly. The world's end is just funny because like we were watching it during my twenty four hour movie thing, and you were just like, okay, whatever. The bar horror thing, and I was just staring at you like, get ready, get ready. They're going to the bathroom. Get ready. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So here's also a thing though in uh, the Shaun of the Dead. There is one scene that like I was like, really, is this really happening right now? Okay, because like I got to the point. Okay, so. The it was when they were in the Winchester, and they got the pool cues, and they're smacking the dude on the head, just rolling around and doing the music, and I was like, "This is fucking stupid!" Like, I'm not even like enjoying this. Like, what is this? They're hitting him to the beat of the music. No, it's I get impressive. it. Uh, Edgar Wright impressed. does really good things with musics. Okay, after I, I saw that, and I was like, weird, but just the okay because they, they weren't actually wounding anybody. Like, they were just hitting this the one dude over the head. They're doing their best, circles. Mitchell. <laughs> I know, but it was sad, and that's so I was like, you should die. 
Like you just like there's, and then like when all the zombies started coming in and then just they all started like like just dying. I'm like, that was a cool effect though with the dude just getting ripped apart. I like that. Harry Potter. It's so cheap when you look at it, like analyze it, but when you're watching it, it's like, oh, they're actually doing something. Well, anytime you rip apart a human body, I'm sure you can't really ever make it real. At first glance, it looks very gruesome. It does exactly. Okay, sorry for my little tangent there, but um, I'm going to announce my next film feature and. So earlier, I was like, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to choose. Let me reference my list. However, I, Bryce, I got uh, him a, well, I got him. I had a extra display cabinet, and he was filling up prop for it. And I found this um, cricket from Men in Black on it. And I was like, oh, cool. Bryce like this. And I sent it to him. And he's like, I've never seen Men in Black. And I was like, what the actual fuck? You mean you've never seen Men in Black? I haven't seen it since I was like six, so I really don't remember anything about it. Yeah, and well, I was like, that's not okay. Like, Men in Black is, also, is, is one of those films you watch every few years. Or even like you on a regular basis, and I was like, uh, "Excuse me." So, Men in Black is going to be our next from 1997. Will Smith is going to be our next uh, film worth feature. Well, at least we'll be able to buy the cricket gun. <laughs> yes, I'm just like, bro. How do you? Okay, yeah, no, Men in Black. That's just like quintessential Mitchell right there. Like you have to know Men in Black. Well, I'm excited. I've been wanting to watch it again, so it actually works really well. Yeah, Jada, you um gets to join us sometimes on our escapades of watching movies. What uh, do you like, Men in Black, or? Yes, I don't think it aged very well, though. You know what? I will probably agree with that. However, I just just pure love for it. So. It's got to be better than International. Oh, oh definitely. Oh, all three of the Men in Blacks are better than International. Every, I, You know, honestly, I think what makes Men in Black is Will Smith. Like, you having Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson good, doesn't make it. It's such a good, like, theory for such a, like, a franchise. It is. But then the minute they're, like, Will Smith isn't in it, it's just, like... This feels weird. I don't. Like I know this. somebody else besides Will Smith could do it. I just don't think Chris Thompson or well, Chris Hemsworth Chris or Tessa Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I missed their names. So. Chris Hemsworth or Tessa Thompson. I don't feel like they were the energy that Men in Black should go for. They work together as Thor and Valkyrie, but as, they do like, the agents. It's just like who decided that was a good idea? Yeah. Oh, let's get the Thor and Thor and Valkyrie. Let's get the Marvel people to come over here to Men in Black. They're the ones that make Marvel work, don't you know? The actors. Besides, I don't think Chris... See, the thing I, I like about... Not Keiko Watiti. He wasn't the big thing that made that movie work. <laughs> see, the thing I like about Men in Black is it's it was never about um, like the actual agency itself. It was just about Will Smith for the most part and his adventures. I kind of remember it. I don't really, don't, like, I, I don't really remember it. But we'll watch it, it and then talk about it next time because I'll definitely want to get into that. Um, and I could talk about Will Smith forever. Um, okay, I know so, what my next pick's going to be already, so, haha. Normally, this is where we end the episode, but um, I actually want to jump in here since today is Christmas and uh, talk about your favorite holiday movies slash traditions you do for every year. I hate holiday films. <laughs> I hate holiday films. You don't like no. Home Alone or, uh, you know, Christmas, or the okay, Griswolds, okay. the vac- I have, uh, vacation. Films. I have two movies I watch at this time of the year, usually. Christmas Carol. It's a Wonderful Life, because my grandma watches that every year. Okay. And Jada and I have a movie we're trying we're supposed we still have to watch. We haven't watched it this year yet, but it's um The Night Before with Seth Rogen. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're probably we should watch that tonight. We should. <laughs> we should. Well uh what is is that so that's just a comedy with Seth Rogen, right? Have you not seen it? Uh no. The fuck? <laughs> like, my reaction to been like well the night before, I yeah, I don't think so. I haven't said I haven't seen a whole lot of Seth Rogen. I films. think you would enjoy it. Shit, what time? You you don't work tomorrow? Fuck it. We're watching that after this. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, so it's, you see what you said you watch a wonder, oh, It's a Wonderful Life with your grandma every every year? Yeah, we haven't seen it this year, though. Yeah, it's probably hard to... It's two and a half hours long, man. I, I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> right, exactly. 
Um, and so my Christmas traditions is to obviously we've already done it. Watch the Grinch. And, um, usually, which is weird, every time we get together with my family, and it's more of, like, background noise, but we turn on Back to the Future. You made me watch that, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're like, what's what's on? Uh, Back to the Future is on. <laughs> I said to watch the second and third. Yeah, I, I see, I'm not too, f- well, I wouldn't say fond. I like them, but this, the second one, wait, the third one's a Western, and I hate Westerns. Generally speaking, I'm gonna fucking make you watch so many Westerns. I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna pick out all the ones I love and be like, you get to watch these. I mean, it's probably a good thing. I probably need to expand my horizons more, but it depends on the Western. Like some Westerns are very like, oh, men and macho, like we're we're so tough. And oh, Blazing Saddles is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, but that's not really a Western per se. That's more of like Monty Python. Meanwhile, like uh, the Oxbow Oxbow incident, that one I think is really solid. Right, exactly. And that, I mean, that was pretty short, too. I wouldn't mind checking that out. Well, thank you for joining us as we talked movie news, shared our thoughts on the season two finale of The Mandalorian, plunged deep into the filmverse with Oscar, wow, Oxfield, your movie. Oxbow Incident. <laughs> yeah, Oxbow Incident. <laughs> and scoured the infinite cinematic universes to watch films like Shaun of the Dead. New episodes come out every Friday, so be sure to follow us and turn on notifications to get updates every time we post. If you want to keep up with our activities outside the airwaves, you can stalk us on Instagram at Into the Filmverse Podcast. Bryce, uh, where can people follow you and your wonderful adventures? Well, you can follow me on Letterbox at Pain Reviews, P-A-Y-N-E Reviews. I just made a new Instagram because I need I wanted a fresh start, so that is currently Pain Loves Cinema, which is a P-A-Y-N-E, of course. And then my Twitter is still Sanguined films i was like i don't know on top of my head i don't really use twitter i need to and jada where if you want people to follow you at all where to, where can they find you um on letterbox it's peacock 1717 and on instagram it's n7 underscore peacock underscore shepherd i bet you can't tell what game series she likes <laughs> if, if you do know you should like like I don't know, DM us on Instagram or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give you if you could if you hear this and uh, know what game she likes, DM us. We'll give you a shout out on the next <laughs> next episode. Um, and you can follow, stay connected with me and my inglorious interwebbing on Facebook and Instagram at author Mitchell Chandler, on Twitter at Mitchell Chandler, and on Letterbox at Mitch Reviews. And Mitch and Mitchell is spelled with a Y, so that's M Y T C H. That is all for this week, our fellow cinephiles. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!